You're listening to the Sailing to Success podcast show, where we share practical tips and strategies to help you be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. I'm Lindsay Phillips, founder of Smooth Sailing Growth, and I'll be your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. Today, I'll be chatting with David Katavi, author and creative productivity wizard. He shares how there's an art inside of you and how you can best overcome resistance, and you know what they are, distractions, perfectionism, fear, so that you can can be more productive and get art done. So let's get started, folks. Hey, everyone. As mentioned, we are chatting with David Katavi, and he's the author of Design for Hackers, uh, Reverse Engineering Beauty, which debuted in the top 20 on all of Amazon. Pretty impressive. He's a mentor at 500 Startups and, of course, has a website for changing the way that you see design, which is designed for hackers. But um, we're not going to be talking about design today. We're actually going to be talking about an upcoming book that he has, and I love this topic. So we'll get into to that in a minute. Um, David also hosts a podcast called Love Your Work, which I love that concept. Um, and he used to be a product designer in Silicon Valley, but has since doubled down on his love for writing after, I'm not sure how you accidentally become an author, but I'll ask him that in a minute. <laughs> and his writing has been featured in The Observer, Huffington Post, Inc., Quartz, um, Upworthy Lifehacker, uh, tons of great places. And uh, he actually offers a free email course as well to learn what web design and a course to learn the principles of visual design and um, tons of great stuff. He's worked with behavioral scientist Dan O'Reilly in uh, to reinvent the Google Calendar. I think this is quite interesting. The company they worked on, Timeful, was actually bought by Google and many of those features are now in the Google Calendar which I love and use on a day-to-day basis. And he currently lives in um, cool Columbia. And as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about his new book, Getting Art Done. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited about this, uh, our chat. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. Now, I read that you developed the philosophy of creative productivity. What does that mean? Oh, I, gosh, I wonder if I'm the first person to, to, to come up with that. Probably not. But uh, I, I guess I've, always, I've been interested in productivity for yeah. a very long time. Um, ever since, you know, GTD or getting things done was big. And like, I think the early 2000s was mm-hmm. when it was just really just going in, insane. And I, and I uh, really grokked that philosophy and, and, and loved it for organizing my life and getting my mind um, at, as, as he says in that book, in my, mind, my mind like water so that it's, I'm not overreacting at any particular point in time. I kind of have a place for everything. But then I eventually found, especially in the process of writing my first book, mm-hmm. that creative productivity is a completely different thing. Yeah. And it, it, when you're trying to be, when you're trying to be creative and you're trying to get something done that's creative you you have your productivity isn't so much about the management of your time than management mm-hmm. of things it's a management of of your mind state totally. that mind state to um to make insights happen yeah because we have different challenges right as opposed to like manually you know typing things in on a computer that is kind of like rote tasks where being creative it, it takes such a different part of your brain yeah, you really have to take various ideas and what I kind of call like the raw materials and you have to incubate them 
and then make insights happen. And then you need to actually produce a, a deliverable, shippable work yeah. um, and, and get it done. So that's something that's been of, of interest to me for the last, uh, I guess, six years or so since the, my first book came out. And I've seen a lot of patterns in it um, relating to my com- career as a designer and, you know, now as focusing more on writing, mm-hmm. I'm seeing the, the transfer of, of these patterns and stuff. And so that's what I'm sharing in this book. And, and I, like, I'm a productivity fanatic too. I just, I don't know why, but, and then being creatively um, productive. I mean, yeah, it just, I, I feel that if you're creatively productive and you're able to get things done and your mind works freer and, you can just accomplish anything. Yeah. I, I think that um, being able to be creative on command is a, is a great skill to have, but it's, yeah. it's you have to really tune it. And I think that it involves a lot of uh, command over your mind and uh, understanding your process of creating what it is that you're creating and, and how there are these subtle changes in the way that your mind state can um, can help you move forward on your creative projects. Totally. Now you say that we have art inside of us and I mean, I know you're in the design field as well. Um, and you are obviously a writer, not all of us are artistic. Um, so what do you mean by having art inside of us? I mean, I could be totally wrong. I just have this feeling that, that we all have a, um, we all have something to offer the world creatively speaking and that, and that that's what's actually going to be more and more important uh, as things start to get automated, as we start having artificial and um, is that, you know, what we consider work needs to kind of move up Maslow's hierarchy. Right. Um, so we used to be artisans. Like if you had a spoon, it was made by an artisan. Um, and then there was interchangeable parts in the industrial revolution. And then they started making humans in interchangeable parts. And then there's an education system that you use to make somebody fit into the whole, um, the, the whole mechanical progression of everything. And that's, I, I think that's going to kind of change to where you need to uh, be able to express the thing that it is that you specifically have to offer mm. your unique, um, experiences and, and talents and, and mindsets and, and turn those into uh, things that, that help and impact others. That's true. And I even like creativity, I mean, people automatically think art, but I mean, creativity, in effect, like your problem solving skills and coping with different situations. And uh, I mean, to me, that's kind of all lumped together. Yeah. And, and I, I guess I'm using art as, as a sort of an archetype for mm. creative work in that. And I don't, it, I, I, I try not to talk too much about like, um, you know, the, the, the application of these ideas right. as managers and, 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 and CEOs and things like that, though it can be totally, it can definitely be used by those people, but I, I'm trying to focus more on, um, the idea of an artist in that if you're a manager or a CEO, you might actually see yourself as yeah. an artist too, but I, I'm just trying not to, um, express that those ideas too, um, with, with, with too much rigor and be too much 
my writing style isn't very, very much like um, David Allen, who wrote Getting Things Done. I'm not, I'm not a management consultant. I don't right. write with like a lot of structure. I try to make things a little bit more poetic and inspiring and, and, and concentrate on the flow of things instead of uh, putting forward like a, 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 a rote logical argument. And I think like to go along with that a little bit, it's like, to me, your art is like how you're expressing your brilliance and how you're expressing your skills and your talents. Yeah. And I, I think that that can apply to, to so many things. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I even, I even make comparisons to, to having an exercise program uh, to, to, to working out. Like you very much um, argue it being a, a work of art, but, it, but mostly because like, the the barriers are still there the barriers transfer just to to do anything right where you have to um push yourself to express your true self against the um the pressures of the world to fit in and and to or, or or your own desires to be lazy uh or you know to not do what you're going to do that all transfers across so many things in life. So is that what you mean by like being your real self and overcoming resistance, the things that hold us back? Yeah. So first I'll attribute uh, resistance uh, is from uh, the book, uh, the art of war, sorry, the war of art (laughs) by Stephen Pressfield. And I just, he identified this force so well in that book explaining Mm. The, the what it feels like to you know feel like you have a novel inside of you or feel like you have a screenplay right. inside of you or even and he he lists it across many different parts of your life even to to feel like oh you need to do this workout program and and what it feels like to actually get yourself to do those things mm-hmm. and the, the the funny tricks that your mind will play on you to uh get you to not do those things you know oh, whether yeah. it is like making saying making excuses that you're too busy or um or deciding that this project that you're working on right now isn't that important you've got to work on a different project you know uh-huh. shiny object syndrome or uh you know blaming others saying it's somebody else's fault that you can't do this thing. Uh, there's all these ways that your, 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 your mind will trick you um, via resistance uh, to not move forward to achieve your creative destiny, so to speak, or, or as I, as I talk about it in the, in the book to self-actualize, which is that, you know, you have your true self, like the expression the full expression of your art mm-hmm. is, is, is self-actualization. That's how, you actually self and you, you have to do that against um, convention and everything that the, the outside world wants of you. But your ego is very um, afraid of that because it's, it's, you're going to be exposed to criticism. You're going to uh, have uncomfortable moments to actually bring that work into the world. And so that's sort of the source of resistance is this conflict between your ego wanting to protect you mm-hmm. and your true self wanting to get out. That's the way that I see it. That makes sense. It's yeah. You kind of painted a, a visual to it for me anyways. Yeah. I mean, I think of it like, um, like, like, I mean, your, your true self is kind of this, this mound and there's this, 
shell that's over it that mm-hmm. is your ego protecting it. And so the, the, the further the distance there, there becomes between that, that mound of who, who your true self is and, and that shell, that's when you get the term, you know, vacuous or that person's a shell of a human being or something is that, <laughs> is that there's not an alignment between right. who you are, like who you really are and the, the way that you're acting um, and the, the way that you're interacting with the world because the ego wants to protect you. So you, you know, talk about how oh, I'm, I'm work. I, I want to work on that. Uh, I'm going to write this book, but I just need to do more research before I get started. You know, I'm still trying to figure things out and, and I want to start my blog, but you know, I'm still kind of deciding which platform to put it on. I've been yeah. researching it for several months. It's, you know, these excuses that you end up making, uh, which are just really to protect you from the reality of bringing your work into the world. That makes total sense. What are the biggest blockers or resistance elements, if you will, that hold us back from, from showing everyone uh, how great we are? Um, I think that there's a a few different places where we mostly meet this resistance. And one is definitely starting, Mm -hmm. just sitting down and starting to do the project to that's work almost the on. hardest part why do we all hate that <laughs> yeah it is it is like the hardest part um and i think a lot of it is because we have a creative vision we all have something in our minds some sort of creative dream that we'd love to uh open up a michelin star restaurant we'd love to you know tightrope walk um you know, high above the city or, or we want to write a, a novel. And then we set out with it in mind that we're going to do that thing. You know, I, I can think about this time when I was like 10 years old or something. And I sat down at, at my dining room table and I, I said, uh, mom, I'm going to write a book now. And so she took out her typewriter and she put it on the, <laughs> on the table and everything. And then I, I wrote like once upon a time. And then I just, gave up and then I got off the chair and I didn't write another word voluntarily until maybe 15 years later. I did not like writing. Um, and I think part of the problem there was that I had this, I had this idea. I was 10 years old. I was going to write a book. I didn't say like, Oh, I'm just going to write a short story. You know, right. A couple paragraphs long or something like that. It's like the, I call this the fortress fallacy. You have this huge fortress that you is sitting in your mind yeah. that you are imagining that you're going to be able to build, but you can't, you, that, that dream, that vision intimidates you from even getting started. Yeah. Because how are you going to feel if you uh, try and you fail at trying. You're going to feel bad about yourself. You yeah. basically just punished yourself for trying. And so that's where resistance comes in. That's where resistance is looking for every which way that it can fool you into believing something else. Another story. I remember my, my grandmother, when I was a kid, she told me that uh, when she was a, a little girl, her parents told her that her dog had gone to live on a farm and it was, it was a a while before she learned that no, actually her dog was dead. Right. Um, You know, her parents had lied to her to protect her feelings. And so, 
that's resistance is your ego lying to yourself mm-hmm. right, um, right. to try to keep it, to try to protect it from harm. So how do we move past these blocks? I mean, you kind of covered like procrastinating, um, limiting beliefs, excuses. Um, How do we mentally like get over that hurdle? So there's a few different ways. I think you mentioned earlier permission to suck, which I think is really important. Is just to I love that term. Understand <laughs> that nobody who was great at anything. I mean, maybe there's been a couple of prodigies throughout throughout time. I don't know. I mean, you hear things about Beethoven or something, but the the truth of the matter is that Beethoven worked extremely hard, was exposed to music very early on, and and you know it's like nobody's great from the beginning. So you have to actually give yourself that permission. And, and it's it, perfectionism is one way that re- resistance manifests itself right. is, that, Oh, well, I can't, I can't publish this blog post. I'm still working on the details. We've been working on that blog post for four months, like just ship the thing. So the thing that I, I advocate habit building, oh, I advocate okay. a tiny habit. In fact, it's a little, uh, I call it motivational judo is like, you've got to find a habit that's kind of below your threshold uh, where you are going to be able to self deceive. Mm-hmm. Um, so say if, if you were just getting started writing and you decide I'm going to write a thousand words a day, I'm going to publish a thousand word article on my blog every day, every morning I'm going to do that. Well, that's a tall mm-hmm. order. It's going to be very easy to self deceive. Now that's going to be where you're going to, something's going to happen like, Oh, uh, you know, my, I've got a hole in my sock. I've got to go to the store right now and buy a new pair of socks or, you know, you'll come with any excuse and you'll believe it. You'll believe that you need to Mm. do this thing. I have a thing that still happens to me, which is every time I get up and write in the morning is I'm convinced that I have a smudge on my glasses and I've got to go back and, and, (laughs) clean the smudge off my glasses now fortunately uh, it doesn't take me very long to clean the smudge off my glasses i'm aware of the tricks that i'm cleaning myself and sometimes i'm able to actually just just write for a few hundred words and then the smudge on my glasses disappears from my consciousness right so, uh, you know so you have to be below that threshold uh, where you can self-deceive but you have to be above a threshold um you have to make it like very slightly challenging, but it has to be a small enough thing mm-hmm. that that you can't that you can't possibly fool yourself into thinking that you have some valid excuse for not following through. Right. So, I think if you're a beginning writer, a 100 word blog post every day, and you pick yeah. the time for it. And it sounds like a it sounds like a ridiculously easy habit. That's kind of the point because building the habit itself is a different, it's a separate accomplishment from the thing that you want to accomplish from the ha- with the habit. Totally. Um, so, you know, being able to write a thousand words is an accomplishment in itself. Being able to have a habit of writing something every day is a whole other accomplishment. Absolutely. So you, you want to build a habit that it is such that it's easy enough that you will damage your own self-perception too much by not doing the habit for you to possibly, um, right. for you to possibly, uh, fool yourself into thinking that it's something that you, that you can't do. That makes sense. Now, how do you handle distractions? 
Cause that's like massive <laughs> for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that there are, uh, it, it depends upon what kind of distractions. I think that one great way is to choose a time for your creative work mm -hmm. when, um, when that's what you're going to do. And it just so happens that also the times when you are prime for, for creativity, prime for creative work, your creative peak, so to speak, um, which happens to rhyme, uh, your, your creative peak. <laughs> during that time, you're actually really vulnerable to distractions because we tend to be more creative during the time when we're maybe a little groggy, we're kind of a little off for a lot of us, a lot of us that's the morning. Yeah. So that's the time when you're the most vulnerable to distractions. So say you've maybe like my phone is not allowed in my bedroom. It's face down in the living room. And when I wake up in the morning, I get up, I meditate, I go do my creative habit. I don't touch that phone until yeah. I've done a little bit of work. Uh, and it, it works out really well because I'm super vulnerable at that time. Like if something gets my focus, uh, knocks my focus off course, I'm, I'm done for the day. Well, like, you're derailed, right? From your yeah. routine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you're totally derailed from everything. And so you, you've basically lost an entire day of, of creative productivity because of that. So I think that's one good way. I think that there are a lot of other ways to shape your world and your devices so that you are less vulnerable to, to distractions. For example, my iPad, I don't allow any messaging on my iPad mm -hmm. just because I can message on my iPad doesn't mean I should. My iPad is for reading or, you know, maybe I'll use it for watching Netflix or something, but it's a little harder for me to convince myself that, oh, I'm just going to watch, you know, I'm just going to watch some Breaking Bad right now, you know, <laughs> instead of reading. Um, it's a little harder to convince myself of that. Yes. And then, you know, on my, my phone, all, all my home screen on my phone, I keep all the apps that are good for me. You know, I've got my Kindle app. I've got uh, like a, maybe a meditation app or a, a workout app. And you know, they're all, or, or things that, that are not, I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to waste time. I'm not going to just like open up Uber out of, no. you know, cause I'm bored to just burn time. But then all those other apps are just hidden away in a folder. I have to use ah. my search to get them. So that's, that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good trick. Way. Yeah. It's a good way to, um, to keep yourself from, from distracting yourself. You know, and I've even, and I've gone pretty far with some of this stuff before. I, I've, I've had, I've had problems with, with Facebook. Um, like, um, I was really hooked on the newsfeed at one time. I would just be scrolling through the newsfeed and I'd be say, I would literally say out loud, like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I don't want to be doing this. It's like an addiction, so, man. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, there's a, a really cool wristband called Pavlock. Um, which may, this may seem, sound extreme to a lot of your listeners, but, but I, I'm, you know, I like to experiment and see what works. So Pavlock is a wristband that you can, you can press it and it will shock you. And you're breaking all sorts of bad habits. Yeah. So, so I did, it. I bought one. I, 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 I tried to f let myself feel the trigger of mm -hmm. looking at the, uh, looking at the Facebook timeline. And so as I felt that, and as I scrolled, I shocked myself and I, it was the strangest thing. I like immediately 
like started sweeping the floor and I changed a light bulb that needed to be changed. And, like, I just, and then I did that a couple times within a day. And then I'm, this is no exaggeration for an entire month. I had zero interest. Really? Just, wow. You just, the, the, the desire just went away. Interesting. Um, which, you know, your mileage may vary, but uh, it seems to, it's worked very well for me. So um, that's one thing. Another thing that I've done is, is that because, you know, it lasted for a month and I, I definitely haven't gotten back to having, that was more than a year ago. Yeah. I, I haven't gotten back to having that level of, of addiction <laughs> just go ahead and say, with it. But I have had times where like, ah, why am I looking at Facebook? Why did I choose to look at Facebook? So what I do is I'll hijack that habit. Um, there's actually Neri Al who wrote the book hooked how to build habit forming products, which right. is you know, a, a, like a Bible in Silicon Valley for how to make your, your products habit forming hmm. um, talks about the, the hook. There's gotta be a trigger and then, um, and then you take the action and then you get the reward. And then there's uh, over time you create an investment. So when you feel that trigger, when you feel the urge, or this is what I did when I felt the urge to look at Facebook's um, timeline, I would grab a book. Right. Um, and a problem that a lot of people have with saying one to replace their Facebook habit with a reading habit is that you think that to read a book, like you got to read a book. Um, you got you kind of inflate the investment that it's going to take for you to get started reading the book. So what you, what I did for myself is I reframed what the minimum viable action was for reading a book. So I said, all right, I'm going to open up the book. I'm going to start reading on the page that I'm on. I'm not going to use a bookmark. I'm not going to worry about, you know, my progress. I'm only going to read according to my level of interest in the book. Right. And you think about the way that our world is set up now, there are all these, you know, info snacks out there yes. that uh, are rewiring your brain to be used to having like this, this, this reward successions. Um, and because you're on an app where you're, you're on a mobile device where you're connected to, there's so many options for distraction. It's very easy to get down the rabbit hole. So when you grab a book and you give yourself the permission to take an info snack from the book, well, now you're in a book, like a physical book. Um, I recommend, I recommend a physical book over say a Kindle app or something like that. I love a book. And so I get any books online. I just, I need that, you know, yeah, paper yeah. and it feels good. Yeah, it does feel, it does feel good. And, and then, you know, that shapes your behavior, you know, your environment shapes your behavior. So whatever you put in front of yourself, that's what you're going to do more of. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a really useful thing, which, I mean, another thing I've done to, to, um, and I'm, I know I've got many things for this, this particular issue of, <laughs> of uh, digital, of distraction because yeah, coping mechanisms, <laughs> this is, I mean, yeah, this is what I've got to fight. You know, this, yeah, is, yeah. this, is, this is what's important. Uh, this is why this is important is that today it's easier than ever to get your work yeah. discovered, but the very tools that you're using to get your work discovered are the very tools that can prevent you from doing the work. Ah, oh, so true. So, I mean, especially as a, as a writer, yeah, I like, I've got to do social, social media. I've got the email list and do, I do marketing. I've got the, I've got a podcast and all these things. I'm on a computer all day with all the world's information, just a couple of clicks away yeah. to do that. But Hey, I've got to create stuff. Um, so that's, that's, that's why this has been of so, such interest to me. So yeah. another thing that I, that I've done that it, it might be overboard for some of your listeners, but 
like I say, I like to experiment is I bought a, um, a portable word processor used on Amazon. It's called the alpha smart Neo. Okay. I think I got it for $50. Actually, I, I first got a cheaper model for 19 first and tried it out. And then it just has a little LCD screen on it that holds maybe now is it? Yeah. It's an LCD. It's like, like the screen that you see on a, um, on a calculator. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like four, four lines. It'll hold <laughs> maybe four basic, lines yeah. of writing. And all it does, you can type on there. You can hold maybe a hundred pages of writing, um, but it has no internet. If you, if you want to transfer, you know, there's no cloud service. Right. And so there, there's nothing to distract you. I'll take it to the cafe and just write. And now I've, I, I, I've gotten to where I tend to use it for more exploratory stuff where the act of writing and the act of exercising those neurons and about the idea that I'm thinking through is more important to me than the final product is than, right. than the writing itself is. Because you know, if I happen to get on a roll and I end up writing something that I really want to use, then I, I can transfer it to my computer, but I have to hook it up with a USB cable and then, uh, press a button and then it will literally type into a document what I've typed. Like it's a very old piece of technology. <laughs> it's fantastic for writing. Now it's terrible for editing, which yeah. is another reason why it's fantastic for writing. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's so true. You can't get hung up on every word and every sentence and go back and Exactly. And so there's an old video of Steve Jobs where he's describing his vision for the personal computer and uh and he's talking about this study that he saw where it was the amount of energy burned versus distance traveled of various um, animals. And so humans were not very impressive showing, you know, the amount of energy they, 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 for when we're walking, we use a lot of energy. We don't go very fast. Now a condor, on the other hand, a condor can just like flap its wings once and it can soar for miles now, but a human on a bicycle a human on a bicycle blows away the condor even. I mean, it, like the amount of energy, the, the energy efficiency. Right. Is amazing. Now, so, so to Steve Jobs, he was saying that to me, a computer is like a bicycle for the mind. Mm. Right? So a, a computer, uh, uh, the technology is supposed to serve your mind in a way that makes you more efficient. Now, the way that technology is set up today, it's a little more like a bumper car um, in a lot of ways. But you think about, you know, if, if you're on a bicycle and you're going up a hill, you're going to have, you're going to switch gear. There'll be a different gear for that. And if you're coasting downhill, it doesn't really matter what gear you're in, you know? So I think of technology or whatever tool you're using, which whether it's that uh, a computer or it's an iPad or it is the, um, that's a portable word processor, or even if it's a, a notebook and a pen, which mine technology, those tools all have the pros and cons that um, affect just how much they serve making your mind more efficient in what it is that you're doing in that moment. Yeah. So that's interesting. those are things to think about too. So whole, that's, I think that's probably, we're probably out of time now. <laughs> <laughs> everything that, uh, there's everything you need to know about, about controlling your distractions, I think. So that's awesome. That's some really good points. Um, and it, it's true. Like, cause I, I write my ideas or I have a better flow of ideas when I'm actually have paper and pen cause I'm not checking myself 
myself. I'm not editing. I'm not, I don't have room to change things really. I just get it out of me. Whereas if I'm on the computer and I'm typing, I reread what I've done. I analyze it. I rewrite it. I edit it. And really that slows down the end end product. Yeah. And, and at least with the model that I'm, um, presenting and, and getting art done as you're doing, say you're going back over things and you're editing, mm-hmm. you're changing brain states. You know, there's like yeah. different, they're better for different types of work. Like it, being creative is very different from being accurate where you're right, right. like, you want to, you want to fact check things or you want to uh, grab the right URL for this thing, or you want to check your spelling on this, or you're looking for an example um, to support an idea. Like you, you want to be in a different mind state from that than when you're actually doing the generative act of writing. So, you know, I, I'm always trying to stay on in the mind state that I'm, that I'm, I'm always trying to try to work is appropriate to the mind state that I'm doing. So for example, if I'm writing, I'm a big fan of brackets, you know, it's just, let's just get the general idea of what's going on. And I might even like write bracket, make a bracket and say, okay, this is the part where I'm going to talk about this and that and the other thing. Um, because if it's not immediately available to my mind in that moment, right, you'll or, you know, what's the year of, uh, I'll just say this happened in 1984 and just put it in brackets. And that tells me that, okay, later on when you're sharper, for me, which would be the after early afternoon for most people, I think it's early afternoon. Um, then there would be a separate pass or a separate session where I go through and I check those facts and, and, uh, and make sure everything's good and tidy it up. That's smart. And yeah, I always feel like I've got like the creative part sitting on one shoulder and like the perfectionist and the editor on the other shoulder. And they're like battling each other the whole way of like writing a blog or whatever it may be. And I'm like, stop it. No, just write. No, you need to edit it. (laughs) Well, think about it. You've got different regions of your brain. um, And, and those different regions are better at different things. You've got your prefrontal cortex is, is the boss of your brain. Their prefrontal cortex is taking all of the synapses that are going on in the rest of your brain and kind of, it's, it's considered the executive center of your brain. It's kind of making sure that you know, you're following the rules, you're thinking ahead and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's actually inhibits creativity. I know. Which is reason why people tend to be more creative when they're groggy or they're kind of their off peak time because they're going to inhibit themselves less. They have that, that internal critic that you're talking about is, is less active during that time. And that's why people who have like brain damage in their prefrontal cortex, which you don't want, but (laughs) you know, at least they've done studies with these people, they they solve insight problems. They solve creative problems at a much higher rate than normal healthy individuals. Huh. That's so weird. Um, yeah. So I, I can't wait till your book comes out cause I eat this stuff up. I just find it so interesting. Um, and yeah, and as it happens, I am, will be writing my own book in the next, um, my coach says three months, but I say six. Oh, so awesome. You've given me some awesome tips. Thank you. And you've got a coach too. That's great. Cause yes. you know, it's like it, I don't have a coach, but I, I like to, what I try to do is I kind of be my own coach or be my own boss where I'll, I'll kind of set up plans ahead of time with the habits and all that stuff. But it's even better if you can get somebody to, to hold you accountable that way. How's yeah. that working out for you? Awesome. Yeah. I've been part of his program now for, uh, I don't know, two years, 
two, maybe, I can't, I've lost track of time. Anyways, yeah, I've not looked back. I just, yeah, they're like family. I love it. All the people. Oh, it's great. It is awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I know when you're, we didn't cover everything that's in your um, Getting Art Done book. I know you talk about different habits, distractions, fear, you know, procrastination, um, creative blocks, and why your mind goes blank, you know, when you yeah, go look I, at your I, I just finished the, I just finished. Well, I just keep in mind, I just finished the first draft of it too. So it's, it's still, still changing a lot. Yeah, so. I'm sure. I mean, God, you could rewrite a book, like edit it to death, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> which is, you got to get it out there, right? If I'm going to follow my own advice, that would, yes. uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. But you know, I want it to be good. <laughs> I know. I want it to be good, but uh, yeah, I definitely want to get it done. But yeah, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a lot of feedback from early readers and stuff and trying to make sure that it's as effective as Mm. possible, that it's really like inspiring people, Mm -hmm. helping them understand the concepts and then also giving them some, some action to take. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a lot of people get feedback from people like while they're writing it. That's very interesting. Oh yeah, I've got you know maybe sixteen hundred people. Wow, that's crazy. Read the so actually I used the principles in the book to write the book. So I made a habit out of it. I like held myself accountable by making a list and telling people I'm going to write a a chapter every day. I'm going to deliver you a chapter every day. Made a habit out of that, and uh, have gotten been getting feedback that way. So that is so cool. So, um, of course, how can we find out more about your book and get on the wait list to get the book and all that good stuff? Yeah. Go to gettingartdone.com, gettingartdone.com. Uh, and it's available to, you know, you can sign up for a wait list at, at this point and then, um, and I'll be sending out, uh, whatever happens with the book, uh, as, as, as soon as I know it, I, you know, probably be self publishing it. So I'm like looking at hmm. the funding options and stuff to, um, hire the, an editor and, and things like that. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, around November or so it'll be out sometime in, in, in the fall. Just want to, I want to make sure that I polish it well, but of oh, course yeah. get it done. <laughs> exactly. As long as you've got a goal in mind, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, your creative productivity tips on, you know, so we can help overcome our resistance and get more done and be more productive with our businesses. You've given us some uh, great insight. Lindsay, thank you so much uh, for having me on here. And you're, you, this was a great interview and you did so much research. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Um, so that is it for today, folks. Um, you, of course, can check this episode, um, my other episodes, videos, and blogs at smoothbusinessgrowth.com. And of course, if you're looking to grow your business and attract and acquire more customers faster through powerful content marketing, make sure you go to the Start Here page on smoothbusinessgrowth.com. So until next time, folks, have a profitable and productive week and may the win always be at your back.